Good morning. It's good to see everybody here. Um, so it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Sure does. But I am not going to sing. So, uh, and you're all welcome because of that. Um, a uh, couple of things. Uh, I uh, today is the beginning of Advent. It's very interesting that uh, Advent starts sometimes at the end of November, and we just got through with Thanksgiving. But Advent is a very special time, and it's a uh, it's it's a time we're going to talk about throughout the the next four weeks what it what it is. But it's the reason it's it's difficult sometimes. Um, actually, I had two two friends who were pastor friends of mine um, call me within the last month. And both of them asked me the same thing. They said, what are you doing for Advent? And so I told them what we were going to be doing. And, and they're like, man, it's just so hard. They were dreading Advent. And both of them had been preaching about the same time, I, as long as I had. And they're like, how many different ways can we tell the story? <laughs> right? It comes around the same year. Oh, yeah, Jesus is born. It's great. And, and, and so uh, they, they, were, they were like, well, how do we put a fresh perspective? How do we? Because this story but the birth of Jesus is so important. I mean, it's just one of the cornerstone stories of our faith is God came into the world as, as human flesh, and we celebrate it. We're thankful for that. And so, I guess, how do we, how do we read this? Because the story was shocking. The story was shocking. God comes into the world as a form of human? That is shocking. God came into the world through a virgin birth? That is shocking. Not only did it come through the virgin birth, but she wasn't even married. It was scandalous. It's the whole story. But sometimes, just like any other story, you read a story over and over. Like the first time you read the story or you watched the movie. Let's just say you watch, you ever watch a movie, and after it was over, you're like, oh, my goodness. That was, it had just so many twists and turns, and it was like, oh, my goodness. But then the more you watch it, it's like what? Yeah, I saw that coming. And, and so this year... What, I, what we want to do is we believe Advent, beginning, newness, freshness. Advent is a season that should change us. Advent should nurture and growth and produce things out of us so that Christmas morning we come to the manger and we're like, oh yeah, I am a different person because of this. And so what we've decided to do is we are going to look at Scripture, Bible stories, but we're going to bring in an ancient story. A story not as ancient as the Bible, but a story that, it's old, that you're all familiar with. A story that was actually written, penned, and created out of conflict. The purpose that the story was written was because the world was a very divisive world. In the time of Charles Dickens. Now, I know things have changed. Or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were people in different levels, people who viewed people differently, people that had... And, and, and the story that he wrote was meant to bring people together, and it went at the, just the core of the human nature of who we are. So we're going to talk about this story over the next four weeks and how it measures with the Jesus story which we believe the Jesus story is firmly rooted with our story. And how do we bring that story into us? 
So let's have a prayer. God, we love you and we thank you for the many things that you have done for us. And as we once again read stories that are old, stories that are ancient, stories that we have perhaps even heard before, may they somehow become alive, relevant, and speak to us this morning so that we can leave here better than we showed up, better prepared to go out and to face the world with your love and your grace and your forgiveness. In the resurrected name of Jesus, we all said. Now, in the Christmas story, it's one of the few stories where the main character is actually one of the bad guys, right? The main character starts with a man, and his name is Ebenezer Scrooge. This name, Scrooge, has become synonymous with negative people around the holidays, right? How many people have, how many times have you heard somebody, you know, I'm just a Scrooge, or you've got that person in your family, and it's like they're a what? Yeah, they're a bah humbug kind of guy. Now, what's beautiful about this story, and I'm going to run it up front. So if you've never seen or heard this story, bummer. You've had a hundred something years to get after it. But when I started researching this story, I realized that I had never read the story. Before it was a movie, it was a book. Did you know that? The original A Christmas Carol was a book that was written down. They got pages and you turn them. The only thing I had ever come across was Mickey's version and the Muppets got a version, right? But once I read the story, and, and you got you to gotta filter through some of the King James language because it's got some of the thous and thems and those in there. But it's, it's a beautiful story, and it's, it's only like 90, 100 pages long. But in it, I found myself, even in Scrooge. Let's just be honest here. Now, Scrooge is defined, he, he's defined, he's this money manager, he, he hoards all this money. And according to Dickens, here's how Scrooge is portrayed, right? Here's who he is. Um, first slide. Is it up here? Uh-oh, we're in the dark. Oh, there's not any? A, a, a words, a saying? Okay. So, let me just paraphrase it then. He is a tight-fisted. He is stingy. He has all this money. There's these words and these adjectives that are meant to describe a man. Nothing good comes out of the man's heart. Nothing good comes out of the man's heart. There's a, there's a, a line from the story where it says, even a blind man's dog sees Ebenezer walking down the street, and the dog goes into the alley and hides. With the, there, there's, right, you get this sense that this man, this character, he's, he's, he's all about himself. He's very selfish. He's very self-centered. Now, in literature, in that day and even before, 
there are stock characters that come into play in stories and in plays. Shakespeare was big and putting these stock characters. You'd have the hero of a story, right? You'd have a bad guy of a story. You'd have an antagonist of a story. You had the lady in distress in the story. And one of the characters that was always appearing in stories was a character called the miser. The miser was this crotchety old person who was very tight and very stingy and very pessimistic and very negative. Y'all have all got one in your family, right? And so the, the only story, this is one of the only stories where the miser is the main character. And so the main character is this stingy person who doesn't share with other people. In the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 22, it talks about a miser. Do we have that? All right, yeah. The miser is in a hurry to get rich and does not know that loss is sure to come. So the miser, this character, is all about what can I accumulate from me? How can I get wealth for me? How can I do it? And, and in the end, it says that there's always some sort of loss. The person whose main goal is to obtain things and gather things just for me, in the end, ends up losing it all. And, and, and we've all seen this. Jesus actually talks about the miser and I think it's the Gospel of Matthew. We have that too. The Gospel of Matthew. Is it Matthew or Mark? Luke. We're on a roll this morning. Luke, I believe it's chapter 12. It is. All right. Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to invite the family inheritance with me. So Jesus is approached by somebody who's saying, somebody has something that I believe belongs to me. So please tell that person to give me what is mine. But Jesus said, friend, who set me up to be a judge or an arbitrator of you? And he said to them, take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns. I will build larger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, and drink, and be merry. But God said, You fool. Man, God calls somebody a fool. You fool. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. So Jesus tells the parable of a miser, doesn't he? Someone who builds, and this is me, and this is mine, and this is all, and, and it says, in one day, it's going to all be gone. Now, I believe in my heart that part of the problem that we find when we come across Ebenezer Scrooge 
and with dismay is not the things that they have. It's not the things that they own. It's not the things that they've accumulated. I think the problem is where the heart is at. Because when we get into a position to where we are constantly, constantly, constantly trying to, to figure out the things that we own and gathering more, then, then we find out that the things that we own usually end up owning us and end up running us. I don't believe the problem is what they have. I believe the problem is how do we spend our energies? How do we use what God gave us to use it with? The, the, the problem isn't things. The problem is what do we do with the things that we have? Scrooge finds himself in a place to where he has all of this wealth. He has more than he could even ask for. Yet people around him dread him, look bad at him, think badly, and he finds himself all alone and miserable because of what he does with his life has everything to do with him. And Jesus tells us the story. You know, what's, what, what is the old saying? That the one that dies with the most toys still dies. Yeah. And so the question for us is how are we spending our energies with the things that we have to spend them with? I want to show you a number. I think we have the number for it. 27,375. Now, is that a big number? Or is that a small number? I'm asking. Huh? It's a big number? Or it depends? Okay? Depends. So if somebody came to you, if you own a house and offered you that much money for your house, is that a big number or a small number? <laughs> it's a rental. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. If somebody came up to you and like, hey, I wanna give I'm gonna give you this much money for your house, how many would be like, oh yeah? Or how many like that's not what? That's not near enough. That is a small number. Now, somebody walked up to you and wrote you a check for that number. Just, hey, here you go. How many of you like, that's a pretty big number. Right? How many, what if I were to tell you this? What if I were to tell you exactly what that number meant? And here's exactly what that number means. That's the number of days an average human being lives. It's a small number, isn't it? I mean, how many of you are with me? Is that a big number or a small number? Small number. That is the average number of days that you and I have to walk on the earth. And the question that is posed to us by Jesus, by Dickens, is what are you going to do with those 27,300 and 75 days. You know, one of the beautiful things about Advent that I love is that Advent is something that is new. When we say that the Advent of a new day, what are we, what are we talking about? Something that is brand spanking new 
available to us. You know, there's two ways in which we can view the word new. You can buy a car that is 10 years old and it will be a what? A new car to you. But is it a new car in the grand scheme of things? No. Been around a while. This morning, this morning, you all woke up. How do I know? Because you're here. Did you wake up in a day that had ever been created before? No. This morning, you woke up and are living in a day that has never existed in the history of humanity. Have you ever thought about that? That today is a brand new day. There's not a script written for this day. This day has never existed, and this day will never be duplicated in the history of humanity. The message of God is one that brings newness and freshness and change every single day. The message of Advent and why we gather and we celebrate Advent is to remind us that God came to bring something new into the world. That God came to bring something that had never existed into the world for us. One of the things on the first Sunday of Advent, usually people start quoting the John scripture. Remember John the Baptist? John the Baptist came and proclaimed that there's something new that's here. Did he not? He called Jesus, something new is here. And what did he say in order for us to prepare for this Jesus? We have to experience a repentance. Now, we've talked about this before. What does the, world, the word repentance fundamentally mean? Fundamentally, it's change. Change. Repentance is a compound word. It means metanoio. Meta means metamorphosis. The word noio is your mind. A changing there's something coming, and you have to be willing to be an open to something that has changed your attitude. Anybody need a changing of the attitude? Anybody, let's just be honest, anybody here already in bah humbug mood? Anybody here already, ah, oh, man, I'm going to have to spend some money. I got people to, anybody here right off the bat as we enter looking down needs sort of a changing of our perspective. And it all revolves around the changing in the perspectives of how do I spend my time, my energy, and my resources. Now, there's a part in the Christmas Carol where we meet this nasty character and he's Dingy, and he won't even give the person that works for him coal to heat in the fireplace. And there's this path that he's on that is very self-centered. It is very all about me. How can I take care of myself? How can I use my resources, my energy, to make my life better? Now, one of the cool things is all of a sudden there's a ghost that shows up. Because anytime a ghost shows up in a story, it's a good it's pretty interesting. Ghost showed up, and it's an old partner of his named who? Marley. And Marley has said, he, Marley basically says, I was the story of the guy that Jesus told. <laughs> I had all these things, and here I am, wasted my life and my time all about me. 
But he says this to Scrooge. I think we have this. Do we not? I think it's the slide before this one where he says, Marley says to Scrooge, I am here tonight to warn you that you have a chance and what? Hope of escaping my fate. A chance and hope of procuring Ebenezer. So what is he saying to this? You have lived your entire life with your energy, with your efforts, with your time and your resources going down this road to where everything you do has to do with you. But I'm here to tell you that there is time for you to change that view and that perspective so that you can make your life something greater and awesome and wonderful for those around you. The question, how do we spend our time and resources and energy? How do we go through life looking around and not being this stingy miser, but how do we have a change of perspective and a view to where it's all about us? What we do matter. The energy and efforts we have matter. And what we put them towards matter. Um, one of my children one time was writing a story. Writing a story. Using their energy and efforts to write a story. Now, me as dad, I was excited. I was proud of them. So I went and I said, what are you writing about? Nothing. I said, no, I want can I read it? No. And it was like, they were busy, just kind of, uh. And I said, I want to hear it. No. And, and finally, I guess I was bothering them. And she said, can you just leave me alone? And I got this sense, oh, here's what's going on. She is using her energy and her time and her effort to create this story. And if she has to stop and explain things to me, that's time and energy and effort she could be using creating her story. And it's almost like, I, I, I'm doing this over here. I don't have time. The, the time that I could be telling you about my story is time I could be used creating my story. All of us have time and energy and effort. And what are we using that time and energy and effort for? You want to show me a miserable, stingy, miser? It's somebody that is not happy because somewhere they're not using their time, their energy, and their effort for what God has called them to use their time and energy and effort on. I believe God created us all for a purpose, and I don't believe necessarily the purpose that God created us for is what you do to make money. Sometimes it is. But I do believe that God created us to spend our energies and efforts on something, and some people are like, well, well what is that? You know what that is. 
Every one of us knows what that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes what happens is we get too busy talking about the thing that we want to do that it prohibits us from doing it. You ever met that person? That person who has a great idea. You're not going to believe this. I had this idea, and I want to do this, 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 and this. And this is what I'm going to spend my time and energy doing. And you're like, what? Great. Sounds awesome. And the next time you see them, what are they doing? They're talking about this great idea. <laughs> this great idea that I'm going to spend my time and energy. Great. Awesome. And then the third time, it's like you just realize they're spending more time and energy talking about the great idea instead of what? Instead of doing the great idea. Is that the energy and the effort that God gives us to go out into the world and to maneuver with each other? This changing of the heart, the changing, I've been doing this or I haven't been doing this, and God is calling me to do this, and we need to quit worrying about what people think about us, and we quit need to worry about ourselves, and, and need to realize that joy and happiness comes with us sharing who we are and who God created us to be with the that God created each and every one of us with this fire. And this fire brings life. You see, somewhere, somewhere, we're caught up in that we're living this life to receive a reward someday down the line. And great, we do. But I've got a friend, this is a true story like the rest I tell aren't. I have a friend who every time I talk to him constantly reminds me that he's only 10 years away from retirement. I'm only 10 more years. Last year's 11. Last year's 12. And every time I'm talking about him, it's not about the great, wonderful blessings that God is doing in his life right now. It's one day. It's going to be great. When the message of Jesus is quite simply that, if you wait for one day, it's going to disappear. And then my friend, I guarantee you, when my friend gets 10 years and retired, it's going to be something else that he's waiting on. When Jesus says, John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly, is not a future reference to another time. It is a reference to right now, right here, in this place, in this time. That the blessings of God by us using our time and energy on things that God has put into us, that we are passionate about, nothing to do with us, is something that brings life eternal here in this moment. And over the next four Sundays, what we're going to find with our character is this metamorphosis. Sorry, if you hadn't read the book, you've had time. This metamorphosis. What is a metamorphosis? It's a what? It's a change. And what changes? Is, does his brain change? Hmm, maybe so. Does his physical appearance change? Not really. Does, he, does this change involve waking up in the morning and not sore in the back? No. What changes? The heart. The way he views people. The way he views his energy and his resources. The way he views his time. Is there nothing more important than you have than what? How do we spend our time? The time that we have is a resource. Do you realize that? 
I mean, I, I realized this a long time ago. And I, the most important thing that my children want from me is what? My time. Now, they would say money, but they really want, well, maybe they want all my time. But my time, the, the resource we have, how do we spend our time? How do we spend our energy? How do we spend our resources? So this first Sunday of Advent, as we go on this journey, and next Sunday we're going to talk about the past. And we're going to talk about the present. We're going to talk about the future. As we prepare for this life-changing Christmas, God incarnate, born into the world again. I don't know how many years you've been alive. I don't know how many years some of you have been alive. But how do we enter with sort of this openness of, okay, I'm emptying myself out because I need to be filled with you. I need to experience this repentance to where I'm not going through the next few weeks in a ball humbug, selfish, stingy time. I'm going into it with a God. Things are brand new because that's what happened when Jesus came into the world. It was a brand new, fresh thing that involved people changing the way they thought, people involved changing the way they view things, their priorities were all changed because of this new, fresh thing. Anybody need a new perspective? Anybody? Anybody pe peering around the holidays like a little bit pessimistic? Negative? Eh, anybody? And maybe today what we need to be breathed into us is this freshness of God, we know that something great is going to happen. You've created a brand new day this morning and invited me to find something brand new in it. Maybe it's a new perspective. Maybe it's a forgiveness. Maybe it's a letting go. Whatever it is, maybe it's, you know what, I'm going to be more diligent with the gift I have, with the time I have, with the energies I have, and not make it solely about me, because that's how I've been miserable, but I'm going to expand that to say, you know what, how can I better change the world through my time and my energy and my resources? So the invitation, I want to give you all an invitation this morning. An invitation as we step into this Advent season, once again, for many, many years, this time it's going to be fresh. This time I'm going to view something differently. This time I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. This time I'm going to let them off the hook. And so what we're going to do to end this service as we begin this journey that's going to end on Christmas Eve, and we're going to have Christmas Eve communion here together. Yes, yes right. So we have... As you would see, a tree that has lots of sparkling lights, but nothing else. So what we have here on these tables are what we call chrismon. You know what a chrismon is? These are elements of the tree that bear Christian symbols, the dove, the cross. And so we purposely left these off the tree because we believe this Advent journey is not something that I go on my own or you go on, but we're going on it together. And so we're going to have a, a song, and here's my invitation to, to you. What is it? What is it? You came here 
And maybe the first time you saw the Christmas stuff, you're like, oh, not this time of year again. We're there already. And, and maybe for the most part, you're excited. You're, but there's that one thing, it's like, I am not looking forward to blank. Or I'm already tired of Michael Bublé at Christmas on the radio. Or whatever it is. And it's like, you know what? I need to connect with what's really going on here. And what's really going on here is God brought something new, brand new, that never existed before. God brought it about and said, you too can have a repentance. You can have a change. You can be brand new. You can start over. You can experience a new life. And what is it that we need to say, you know what, God? I am this year going to change my perspective, change my view. And what we do is we invite you to come over and to grab one, two, three as we're singing and put them in, in this, this year, God, this Christmas, it's a dove, it's a cross, it's whatever. And I'm going to go from the perspective of this year, I'm going to experience something and I'm going to look for something and I'm going to expect something that has never happened in my life. Because that's what you're all about. The whole Christmas story revolves around this, 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 this right here. Surprise. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did you? I mean, fundamentally, the whole Christmas story, whoa, that, that wasn't supposed to happen that way. I know. It's the way I operate. And so whatever way we've been in a rut, and it's the same old, same. And how many of you ever feel like you're on a merry-go-round in life? Or like you're a tetherball, and you're just tied, and just going around and around. And the message of Jesus is, we don't have to do that. We can stop, and we can do something new and fresh. And so as we go through this, whatever new and fresh words, perspectives, may we come and we're going to hang something and say, this year, this year, I'm going to be open to something new. And I'm not going to hope that something new happens. I'm going to expect something new to happen. I'm going to expect change. I'm going to expect something beautiful to be created. So I'm going to have a prayer, and we're going to sing a song. And as we sing a song, I invite you to come forward and hang your Christmas on the tree as we start our Advent journey with saying we are expecting something beautiful. And we're leaving our hard heart there, and we're hanging up here an openness and a beautiful thing. Let's pray. God, many times our view and our perspective, we see things and it's very, very, very limited. And, and many things we think that the things we've done and has, has defined us, but you defined us. Resurrection defines us. New life defines us. And as we enter and, and we hear these old stories that we've heard for many, many years may become alive and relevant and speak to us this morning. And what we need to leave here so that we can go out there expecting newness every single day. Help us to find it and whisper that just because we're on a path does not mean we have to stay on that path, that there's always a fresh word to be spoken. So God, we want this season to be different. We want this year to be different. So open our hearts and minds so that we can hear it will be. It will be. So, God, we thank you for your love for us and all your many blessings. In the resurrected name of Jesus, we all said, amen.